Luke 15. And verse 10. God said here, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angel of angels of God over one sinner that repents. We are to get real excited when we hear about somebody getting saved. Because once God saves that person as he did me, he saved me forever. Because it tells us in Ephesians 8 and 9, you know, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, least any man should boast. I usually don't say anything I used to, but maybe I got a little wiser, I guess, but I got saved last night. Or, you know, I've decided I need to get saved, so I think I'm going to walk down the aisle Sunday. Those are pretty silly statements, really. But they're made from people that hasn't been taught. If we've been taught, then we know, as I just quoted here in Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are he saved through faith. And we know that faith is a gift of God. And people say, well, I don't have enough faith. You're not close enough to the Lord. It's just so simple. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I don't do a lot of things outside of the church that I recommend, but uh, I read a chapter in Psalms and a chapter in Proverbs every day, so it means I read the book of Proverbs every month. But what I begin to do in the last four or five months is that I... put on the tapes of the Bible, even if I'm washing dishes, you know, which is one of my favorite jobs. But so, excuse me, Lord. Uh, but we listen to the word, and you say, well, I don't, I'm not concentrating. Do you concentrate on every song that you listen to on the radio or the TV? No, but if you listen to that song you'll find yourself picking up a little bit here and a little bit here. What you need to do after you're saved, you need to become familiar with God's Word. You need to become familiar. You need to realize that once God saves you, you're saved forever. You can never, never, never be lost. But I've broken down here, and you are saved forever. Then the second thing I want us to look at briefly is that you are now in the family of God. Amen. That Tuesday morning on US 25, up about a six-mile bridge, I think they used to call it, 
I entered the family of God. God granted me repentance, granted me faith, and I was just saved right there at that bridge as I was last night or tonight. Didn't know anything. Had the zeal of a four-year-old. You know, I wanted everybody to hear me, but nobody wanted to, to hear me. But when you're saved, you are in the family of God. God said in John 1, 12, But as many as receive him, to them gave he power, become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. That Tuesday morning, I became part of the family of God. I hadn't made a profession of faith. I hadn't been baptized. I hadn't joined no church. But I became a member of the family of God. Before you were in Adam's family, now you are in God's family. Before you were in the human family, now you are in the heavenly family. Before you were in the earthly family, and now you're in the family of God. The moment that God saved. Once you become a son of God, you will always be in his family. You know, and uh, I'm thankful that God saved me. I'm thankful for Brother Hunley. Everybody else was praying for my physical body. Brother Huntley was praying for my spiritual being. So we need to understand that. And I'm sure you that are saved here this morning do. But if you're here this morning and lost, not trying to scare you at all. But this may be the last time you ever get to hear the gospel. Once you become a son of God, you will always be the son of God. And as the son of God, you're in God's family. So what happened, preacher, if you sin? Well, as a newborn baby in God's family, you do not know all things. I've been saved over 50 years, and I'm amazed sometimes as little as I know and as little as I understand. But I do know one thing. I was blind. Now I see. I see myself not as clear as God sees me but I know that I'm a helpless human being in a world of sin. And I depend. I believe in human responsibility. You know, 
cop pulled me over last week. Just routine stuff, you know. And uh, he uh, asked for restoration, all this stuff. And he said, uh, do I see a gun on your waist? I said, yes, sir, you do. Do you carry a gun all the time? Yeah, all the time. He said, but don't you believe the Lord will protect you? Oh, I, yeah, sure does. And he may use that 38 to do that. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I'm, I'm saved. I'm a tall man of God. I believe in the Lord. But I also believe in man's responsibility. And not only should I know what God says, I need to be a law-abiding citizen. We need to realize how simple it is, you know. As a newborn babe in God's family, you do not know all things. When you are saved, you do not know all the Bible. You do not understand all the things of your heavenly Father. But yet, you're in the family. You're in the family. God said in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. God says here in the ninth verse of 1 John, he says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the question that I ask, and I don't think it applies to uh, our church as much as to do a lot of churches, but, uh, you know, God will forgive you when you won't forgive yourself. And I believe the key to growing spiritually is to forgive yourself. If God loves you enough to forgive you, you need to forgive yourself. And today must be the first day of the rest of your life and not living in the past. We all, if we're any age at all, we have done things, said things we wish we hadn't said or done or even been in the presence of. But Christ's blood cleanses us from all sin. Not only, you know, we think, well, you know, my sin, everybody does it. Does it make it all right? I mean, we live in a world where you can't trust very many people. You can't believe such common folk. You make a statement and they try to twist it around. But God will never do that, church. God will never, never do that. 
you know, when we look at the word of God and my mind went to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chaseth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You know, uh, I had a person tell me one night out on visitation, I believe that may have been, it was either Brother Steve with me or Brother Bobby, I'm, I'm not sure, but that person said, you know, I tried to make it easy on God because I heard you say that he forgives every sin if you ask him, uh, you know, but I don't think I've sinned. You just sin. When you say you don't sin, you sin. You follow me? If you're living, you've sinned. But God prays his holy name he says, if you, if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I repeated that to say this. I was in the Bourbon County Hospital making a visit. This young man, who is a gay, dating this young lady, and his mother wanted to know, did I think anything wrong with it? I said, well, it's not really important what I think about it. I think you need to understand, young lady, that you need to marry in the Lord. And your friend may be a nice guy. But if he's gay, if he's homosexual, he doesn't belong to God. And she said, I disagree with you. I said, that's salute to play. Not only a practicing homosexual, a practicing liar, a practicing drunk, any sin you want to mention, if you do that continually, if that's your way of life, you need to be born again. And there's not a sin that God won't forget except the unpardonable sin, which is sin against the Holy Spirit. And let me give you a little enlightenment. I don't ask you to believe it right now. I ask you to think about it. If you give yourself or anybody else any credit for your salvation, you're blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. It's just one view of it. No man on his own can be convicted of sin. You can be sorry as a result. Newborn baby in God's family, you don't know all things. But God said, for whom the Lord loveth, he chaseth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Hebrews 12.6. We need to understand what 
God says, you know. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians. Let's give you a little simple teaching this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. God said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know. Everything about me that is worldly should change when I'm saved. It's called a progressive sanctification. Me being saved over 50 years, I should be a lot holier than I was when I was first saved. The question is, do we understand that? Do we believe that? But yet God said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Now, we know, and I've heard preachers say, and I probably have said it throughout the years, you know, you need to reform. No, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. And when you're reborn again, when you're born again, reformation will take place. Believe me. When God becomes real and the Holy Spirit lives in you, the Holy Spirit will convict you. What else happens when God saves you? I believe you want to be baptized. And I not only believe that you will want to be baptized, but you will want to be scripturally baptized if you weren't. And the key is that the average Baptist, and I won't go out of the Baptist family, the average Baptist doesn't understand what scriptural baptism is. Now, I'm going to go off track for just a moment. I may be the only one in this house that believes that. Believes what I'm going to say. I believe that if you are a young person or whatever, if you've never been married and you're going to get married again, I believe you ought to have a blood test. What about it, church? You believe that? Well, I love that person. Would you love that person if you knew that in his blood there was something that could kill you? I believe you ought to wait a certain amount of days before you can get married. Now, if you're really interested in that subject, I've got a wonderful outline I can teach you. That we need to take marriage 
seriously. But if you're saved and you know you're saved, then you should be baptized. And you need to know what baptism is, what constitutes baptism, before you walk that aisle and ask for baptism. You need to know that baptism has no saving power whatsoever. Going in that water, you go down dry, you come up wet, unless the Holy Spirit is entered in you. You are saved. The first thing you should do is to be baptized and join the right kind of church. But baptism does not save you, but it shows others you are saved and now want to be baptized, and baptism is immersed. When I was baptized at the little Presbyterian church and they sprinkled some water on my head, I didn't know any better. I wasn't baptized. I walked down that aisle simply because my friend walked down that aisle. So you should be baptized because baptism, you know, if you were baptized before you were saved, you should be baptized or immersed again because you never was baptized. And I think that we need to understand that because, uh, as I've told you, on that one weekend that I baptized seven or eight church members, one of them was this Rita, you know. Here that kid had been a part of this body ever since he was a child. But I don't care how old you are. When God's spirit moves, you really don't care what anybody thinks. You're being obedient to the Lord. He said, how important is Baptism. Well, you know, I can go off course right now and, and, and tell you, but, you know, baptism puts you in the family of God. No, you're already in the family of God when God saved you. Baptism is the door to the church. It's the door to the church. But what we do is that we baptize people without ever sitting down and talking to them because we don't want to lose them. Decide to be a good, faithful Christian. Attend your church at all services, especially Sunday morning, Sunday evening. You will learn much from the teaching and preaching. But you've got to come prepared. You know, I'll tell you, I was guilty. I graduated from high school, but I never had an education until I was out of high school because I didn't pay attention when I was in high school. I had one goal, and that's to graduate. But I soon found out that a piece of paper 
that showed you graduated is not an education. I hope you can follow that. So when you're saved, you need to be a part of a church. You will learn much from the teaching and preaching. Remember, as a newborn baby, you need to grow in the Lord. You, you need the church more than the church needs you. And I'll, as you say, knock on wood, I knock on my head. I needed the church more than the church needed me. Bible and prayer. I won't ask you. I don't embarrass anybody. But if you don't do this, you need to really to do it. You need to start reading your Bible and praying every day. As you read your Bible, God talks to you and you pray. You talk to God. This is nothing new. I've probably preached not this sermon, but sermons similar to this many times in all the time I've been here. But it's needed. It's needed to refresh. I need it as as pastor. You know, I read every morning. I pray every morning. I listen to hopefully the right kind of music. But am I doing that out of habit? Or am I doing that because I want to communicate with God? There's a difference. Well, John fifteen three, you know, in the book of, of John would be a good book to read first, don't you think? Almost all preachers I know recommend you start reading John, go to the sixteenth chapter of the book of Acts. If you go there, you can read any place you want to. Uh, I heard that so much that I guess I just believe it. Because that's what I tell new converts. Read the book of John. Then go to the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. Read that. Then you can go whatever you want. But John 15 and verse 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And you, if it be any, and I hope not, but if, if you don't ever read your Bible, church attendance is so much more important to you than it would for a person who does study on their own. Prayer is a must for the Christian life. Pray when you are tempted to do wrong. Pray for your needs. Pray is also thanksgiving and praise. You know, I've I've learned a lot since my wife passed away. I've learned that God still expects.
expects me to be moral. He still expects me to be honest, truthful. He still expects me to read and pray and study. And I've been shocked at the people that said, hey, brother, you need to go out on the town. What does that mean? What does it mean to go out on the town? Does it mean to go to a liquor store, get you some booze? And does it mean to go to some nightclub? New Year's Eve, most churches will close down. Prayer is a must for the Christian life. You know, we want happiness. Have you ever prayed for happiness? Think about that. Most of my calls that I get is that People tell me, you know, I just, I just need, I really don't know what I need, but there's something missing. And I always follow up with, what church do you attend? Oh, I don't, I don't attend church. I feel out of place. Then you're telling me you're lost, right? Oh, no, I'm saved. What makes you think you're saved? I was baptized. Mark it down. 99 out of 100 that gives me that answer is lost. You don't have to understand the whole Bible to be saved. But you've got to understand that if there's any good in you, it's God put that there. And he's giving you the ability to work it out. James said, ye have not because ye ask not. Uh, A close acquaintance of mine I hadn't seen in a while, he called me the other night. We had a good chat. And... uh, he said, have you started dating? I said, no, I'm not sure what dating is any, anymore. But are you asking me if I'm out looking for some ladies to go out with? The answer is no. Why wouldn't you? Well, I didn't go to that sock hop at Scott County High School some 55 years ago looking for a wife. But God had her picked out for me. If I want to know what I should do tomorrow, should I seek the one who knows what tomorrow holds?
James simply says, Brother Vance, you have not, don't you ask not? Then we look at one of the most unpopular states for us to be joyful and happy and glad we're a Christian is your giving. You know, the Lord's word uh, needs your support and help. You need to give your time, your work, your money to help the Lord's work. I mean, Luke 16, 8, uh, 1638, excuse me. 1638 says, give and it shall be given to you. See, a good Christian should volunteer to look for ways to be used of God. How many of us do that? How many of us do that? How many of us seek for ways that we can be used? God said the first thing we need to do, church, is found in Matthew 16, 33, where he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's the first thing. If you want to find happiness and if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're unhappy, you'll never find happiness that lasts or you can find routine. I mean, these people that goes out and get a shot of the drugs or they drink or they go out and try to pick up somebody and and have illegal sex, you know. They're living for the moment. But God said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know why that is? Because if God saves you and you're truly saved, not that you can't do some of those things, but you can't enjoy them. That's the difference between a saved person and a lost person. A lost person can enjoy things that are wrong because they're lost. Their body is just, it's all about me, 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 me. But when we become a child of the king, it's no longer about me, me, me. What can I do to promote the kingdom of God. So that's what he said in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and notice now, and his what? His righteousness. When you seek God, what you're seeking God to be, I want to be more like you, God, so I've got to go to God, and I've got to find out what he wants me to be. A Christian should never have to pray whether he should come to church or not. Don't you think that's 
rather silly. I'm a child of the God. He's added me to the Ammon Road Baptist Church. He called me to be a pastor, and I've been pastor now. It's Saturday night, and I'm sitting there in my study. Should I ask somebody to preach for me? 